Hello and welcome to another edition of Digging In, Missouri Farm Bureau's podcast. I'm your host, Garrett Hawkins. I tell you, it has been a flurry of activity here at your Farm Bureau this week, from having members in for our annual legislative briefing and banquet to today, uh, Missouri Farm Bureau is hosting the annual Missouri River Navigators Meeting. And so the new Coalition to Protect the Missouri River Executive Director, Shane Kinney, is in the house. Many of you listening will know Shane, and he is new to the role. Uh, after Dan Ingeman uh, joined our team here at Missouri Farm Bureau as our Director of Regulatory Affairs. But at this meeting, uh, navigators have the chance to interact with the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers and the U.S. Coast Guard leadership. And joining me today on this podcast are the Kansas City District Commander, Travis Rayfield, and Dane Morris, who serves as the Navigation Restoration Program Manager for the Kansas City District. Gentlemen, welcome to Farm Bureau. Commander, how about you tell us just a little bit about yourself first? Uh, Prince Hawkins, thanks, first, thanks for having us here today. So, for those out across um, the Missouri Basin, I'm Travis Rayfield. I'm the commander of the Kansas City District. And so what does that mean to you? One, uh, I represent the military leadership that covers the Civil Works boundary from St. Louis up to Rulo, Nebraska. And then I join boundaries with the Omaha District that goes all the way up to the northern reaches of the Missouri River. That's our Civil Works boundary. And we're here today talking about our navigation business line where on the lower third of the Missouri River, we support commercial navigation uh, connecting to the inland waterway system, one of the most important networks in the United States. So for me, I talk fast. I'm originally from north of Seattle. I grew up in uh, the Skagit County area. So if you look on some of the maps, you'll see that's one of the agricultural areas uh, in the Pacific Northwest, known for dairy farms, uh, some cattle, and a lot of berries and nuts are grown there. So farming activities, pretty, pretty prominent where I'm from, but a little bit different than what you have here. And when I say I grew up on the banks of the Skagit River, it's very similar in many ways with the Missouri River. High high rate of flow, highly dynamic with floods. And so I asked to come to the Kansas City District. Love being here and love the opportunity I'm coming into that I hope we get to talk about uh, with some of the future opportunities on Missouri River. With that, I'll pass off to Dane, one of my subject matter experts in the Kansas City District. Yeah. Uh, my name is Dane Morris. Again, very happy to be here. Happy that the Missouri Farm Bureau could host this meeting this year. Excited to, to have it and let industry take over this meeting for this year and hopefully some coming years. I have been with the Kansas City District Corps of Engineers for uh, the last 11 years, mostly working on the Missouri River in different capacities. And after the 2019 flood, the Kansas City District leadership recognized the need to create a new position for the Missouri River to help coordinate all of the efforts that are going to go in into helping repair and restore the navigation on the Missouri River uh, within our district AOR, our area of responsibility from St. Louis to Rio, Nebraska. And so they hired me last summer to come in and help coordinate that. And so my job right now is to help coordinating our operations team, our engineering team, industry, and other Missouri River stakeholders to bring them all to the table to help coordinate these repairs and make sure we're getting them done in the most efficient way possible. Well, thank you, gentlemen. Colonel, I'm, I'm glad you specified where you're from. I've been trying to pick up an accent, and I don't hear an accent, but I know it's not a Missouri accent. <laughs> so, Yeah, fair. And if you do try to pick up the accent, it's near Canadian. So they actually recruit people where I'm from to be in tele, telecast and broadcast because we don't have an accent. But we talk fast, so sometimes you got to slow me down. So just real quick, you know, we've had the chance to work with, you know, a number of leaders from the Kansas City District through the years. And... Um, 
just tell me all the different areas perhaps around the country maybe where you've served just to give our, our members an example. Yeah, so I think that's important. So, and I'll tie that to today's meeting too okay. at the Navigators Conference. So I'll go kind of in reverse about where I am today. So when you get a colonel, we've been in the Army for a little over 20 years, and we've got a, a diverse background. So before this job, I actually was at the National Defense University in the Eisenhower School and got a master's degree in natural resource strategy. Um, we can spend a lot of time talking about what that means, but really, I spent some time in school. And before that, I worked for General Seminite as his executive officer in the headquarters. To get that job, and you may have seen him on the news when we are doing the alternative care facilities, highly dynamic leader, love supporting him. Uh, I had commanded a similar district, the San Francisco district, on the bay with 1,200 miles of coastline. Um, and before that, I had actually done a stint at the University of California, Santa Barbara, uh, working as an adjunct faculty running basically the ROTC program. Before that, I had spent time in the tactical units. So think about um, combat engineers go to Iraq or Afghanistan and would um, breach obstacles. When, you think, when we say obstacles, we mean things like IEDs. I would run as a leader the programs that would get people uh, trained and ready to go abroad. Before that, um, I had actually taught at the Military Academy Environmental Engineering Environmental engineering really is water chemistry, water biology, and water resource planning management. So to get qualified to do that, I did grad school at the University of Florida. Um, and to get to grad school at the University of Florida, I had spent a lot of time at Fort Riley, Kansas. And at Fort Riley, I had led a company command of about 150 uh, soldiers in more combat-oriented brigade combat teams, thanks tanks. And then before that, to get into the Army, uh, I had graduated from the military academy and to get to the military academy, I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I grew up, so I found a way to get to college. And so I'd never visited or been east of the Mississippi. I left Washington State and just got an airplane and went to school there. I say all that to go engineering background by education, grew up on the banks of a river, have experience leading people, programs, and organizational change in the Army, and I have a previous stint in the uh, San Francisco district that informs some of how I approach my time here in the Kansas City district. Long answer. Hopefully I got your But you your did question. it pretty succinctly. Very impressive. Okay. And I'm glad you really started out with, you know, the why in terms of the appreciation for being here within the Kansas City District and this tremendous resource and asset that we have in the Missouri River. I think you've probably picked up pretty quickly. Our farmers, uh, Missourians are very proud uh, of where we lie in the country. I mean, we are at the crossroads when you think about infrastructure and these resources, the Mississippi and the Missouri, are just such tremendous assets and resources for us to, to, to appreciate, but obviously bring a whole host of challenges when it comes to management as well. So appreciate you at least establishing an appreciation and a similar background from, from where you came from. So let's get to the why of today and why you guys are here. Why is it important to interact with industry and navigators? Yeah, so I was really excited to keep this event on the calendar for a couple reasons. And so you could start big picture. Uh, if you went with my boss, Colonel Van Epps was here today, and I think his priorities that he laid out would be uh, take care of our people, support our partners, and deliver the program. And I translated that at the district level to people, team, mission. we got to have great people because the people in Kansas City District live and breathe in Missouri and Kansas and a little bit of Iowa and a little bit of Nebraska. So they're proud to be here, just like you brought up with our farmers. The second piece is partnership is important because we are a federal government agency linking the authorities that we have in Congress to our local area 
And who else can inform us better than the people who live and breathe on the river? So this this meeting today to meet with the navigation industry, understand their challenges, understand their concerns, and understand how they see us is really, really important for us to meet that obligation to deliver on the river. And I, I turn over to Dane. Is there anything you want to add to that? We when when we're maintaining the river, the navigation channel, we're not doing it for the Corps of Engineers. We're doing it for the people of this region and to set this region up for success. And so this meeting is extremely important to have that, to, to make those connections with the people that are actually out there in the boats, with the people that are actually moving uh, products such as uh, you know grain and fertilizer, uh, to understand what the needs are so that we can try to meet that need. And so this is this is this really is where the rubber meets the road in these types of interactions, the meetings that we have here, the meetings that we had leading up to this day, to help us understand how can we make this river a better system for the users of this system. And to follow up on Dane's point, we got to have a formal forum for stakeholders to get together, and you you've created that here. So big thanks to the Farm Bureau for doing that. Uh, anywhere we can get a forum to engage and get the right people around the table to keep us informed, we're looking for those opportunities. And so a big thanks for setting this event up today. Well, if our team here at the Bureau knows how to do things well, it's we know how to convene people and host meetings, and we usually feed people really well, too. <laughs> so that's well, the well, added benefit. Well, hopefully we get a judge out a little bit after uh, this morning. You, yes, you can be the judge. So, you know, guys – farmer you know we farm an hour and a half south of kansas city i like to say we're in prairie country you know and so it's a little different for me you know I, i'm not living and working along a major river like the missouri every day but during my years of, of public service and involvement in farm bureau I certainly have an appreciation for the challenges when it comes to flood control navigation and and all the multiple uses but when i think about recent years and i see so much opportunity as we see people coming back to the river and, and using it, you know, when we think of commerce and, and truly trying to to more live up to the potential of the river. So you look at the opportunity for Missouri, the most free-flowing miles of river. Then you look at the infusion of funds um, coming from the federal level. What, what opportunities do, do you see with this new infusion of dollars as we think about strategic planning and, and the river overall? That is a really great question about where we can go. And so first part is just for everyone to know is in the Infrastructure Act, the IIJA is the acronym you'll hear me use. Uh, we expect across Kansas City District and Omaha District to get around $312 million to Fix the Bank Stabilization and Navigation Program. The BSNP is an acronym that really means making the navigation channel work for a nine-foot draft for barges to move up and support the regional economy as well as the national economy because that barge traffic is very important. So in 2019, we had huge floods that really damaged those structures. And under a traditional pattern, it would take us a long time to repair those. With this Infrastructure Act, we think we have an opportunity to fix the repairs that we know about by the end of FY25, um, fiscal year for us being, you could use the end of the calendar year of 2025, is what we're shooting for as a goal. Obviously, we have to engage with contractors because we use local contractors to do that construction. Uh, but these funds will really give us an opportunity to assess where we are, improve the reliability and sustainability of the system, integrate it into the other uses of the river because there's flood risks. we got to tie it into that, that program as well. The, the navigation program doesn't stand alone. And so 
Um, this is a once-in-a-generation infusion of funds or resources by Congress to allow us as the Corps of Engineers to make a difference on the Missouri, which should make a difference for uh, people in the area. It could equate to fertilizer moving more easily up and down the river if you were talking to farmers. It could also equate to aggregate moving a little bit better if you were talking to the Department of Transportation. And who knows what other potential things that could happen uh, with moving stuff up and down the Missouri River with fuel costs going up. It could be a lower or cheaper cost way of transporting goods for the nation. So a lot of opportunity. And I'll look over to Dane, or I guess I can't look on a radio or a <laughs> podcast. I'll, I'll hand over to Dane to see if he's got anything to add. Yeah, as you mentioned, it's a very long, free-flowing river. And the reason it works as a free-flowing river are the structures that we've built and engineered out of the system for the, over the last century. And these major floods that come along severely damage those structures. And when they get damaged, they can't do their job, which is creating a self-scouring channel, creating that channel that's reliable, that boats can come up and down. And so this money, we're very pleased, very fortunate, very excited to, to get this funds that's going to fully fund all of the needs that we identified to make the repairs, those critical repairs to those structures so that the channel can maintain itself. So with, with these funds, we're going to be awarding uh, a lot of different contracts, both for the navigation channel structures, also for some environmental projects that we've done previously to modify and repair those so they are more sustainable, so less flow is going into them and going into the nav navigation channel so they are less impactful for, for, for navigators that are going around these projects. So, Colonel, I, I really appreciate it. I'm, I'm hanging on uh, some words you used when you were answering when you say once-in-a-generation opportunity. Because, really, you know, we're having the very same conversation within uh, the Missouri legislature as we look at potential once-in-a-generation opportunities to invest in broadband and other critical infrastructure that's under the state's purview. You know, but in reality, I mean, these are our kids' dollars, our grandkids' dollars. I mean, these are dollars that the federal government is leveraging on the backs of those who are to follow. So how important is it that we get it right in terms of these strategic investments when we think about maintaining this great asset and resource? Oh, Gary, what you highlighted is a, a tremendous concern for everybody that I work with. I work with a great team of people that want to do the right thing. And I think what you can see over time is we're going to do the right thing with what we know today. And you can see over time, if you went back to 1944 to today, we've learned a few things. And hopefully, we'll have taken some of those lessons learned and apply them today. And I would say what we judge is right today, when my kids grow up and they have kids, they'll look back at us and say, man, they took a pretty good swing and they were pretty darn close to being right because right gets judged in the rearview mirror. But man, we're taking a lot of attention and a lot of time and a lot of resources to make that critical investment as best we can with the technical knowledge that we have today. And I'm hoping that my kids' kids look back and go, that was the right investment. And hopefully um, everyone in the Missouri sees that we took this chance and it's a good chance and it's a good thing for not just the state of Missouri, but for the states around us and for the nation at large. You know, so, so, so let's talk about the bullishness that we see, you know, people investing in port facilities and, and you know, there are key investments being made because people believe in the future of the river, um, which is just phenomenal. When you look at cost for transporting via barge versus rail, just what it means as we think about moving our grain or bringing in fertilizer, huge, huge benefits. What Kind of what's, what are the rumblings this morning that you've heard thus far in, from navigators? So the, the, I'll say the, the part that got me on the very first panel with the industry team uh, is highlighting that bullish optimism. It, it was exciting to hear their, their voice, and they're starting to see 
uh, one of the partners highlighted from St. Louis, just into the term I'll use, which may not be quite right, but going to Herman and then to Jeff City to Central Missouri is already making economic sense. And so in parallel, we're doing a navigation study with the Port of Kansas City. Studies for us are what gives us the authority to do something different. And so we're partnered with the Port of Kansas City, and they're supported by a lot of industry to relook how we're approaching the navigation uh, industry and supporting the navigation industry on the Missouri River. A little bit of a long answer to get at a lot of optimism. And it depending on where you look at, you can just look out and you can see that there's been land use change. You can use land use change to say the river's going to behave a little bit different today as it will into the future, just different runoff patterns. It's also informing that low cost. It's an economic driver. It's also an environmental driver because we care about all of this levels of sustainability. And, you know, sometimes sustainability is a bad term, but in this case, moving things on the river may be a more sustainable way to move goods for the long term. So it's a sustainable operation for us as the Corps of Engineers, too. We, we talk a lot about sustainability as, as farmers as well. And as as I visit with my fellow farmers and ranchers, you know, you know, I believe that sustainability is really personal to each one of us in terms of what sustainability looks like on the farm. And certainly the Corps has its vision for sustainability with, with this resource. Um, <clears throat> so as we think about navigation, uh, particularly in, in the coming year, um, we have a good portion of the basin that's experiencing drought conditions and continues to be in a drought. I think roughly 64% of the Missouri River Basin is in some stage of drought. So what does that mean for navigation as we look ahead to this year? Yeah, so the the part that I would like to highlight with that is, as everybody knows, the water in the Missouri River, some of it starts in Montana, some of it starts in Canada. It's not water from here. It's water that flows through here, and we depend on that. Uh, if you pulled up a, a chart, you'd see that Montana has below levels of snow this year, and they've got a little bit of ongoing drought. When I say that, their soil conditions are pretty dry. Um, so their productivity on their land use is going to be a little bit lower. What does that mean for us as the water comes through the state of Missouri and Kansas and Iowa and Nebraska is our water flows will be a little bit lower than we would like, which means our drafts on our barges are going to be a little bit less, which means they're going to have to lighten the barges a little bit or time them very precisely to get the full draft that they're looking for. So that's a big challenge coming into this year to maintain, excuse me, the political momentum from the floods of 2019, uh, where we saw the damages that can occur and move into a drought year uh, to just get after those repairs. Because some of the repairs will be easier in a drought um, and we'll be able to get better conditions on the navigation channel, but also challenge us in a drought because some areas will be harder to get to. Um, so I think the big portion for us is to be transparent in what we're working on with both industry and the navigation uh, members, as well as maintaining open communication and making sure that the navigation industry can partner with us and know where we're working as the core, as well as the Coast Guard who helps with some of the safety measures, uh, what the overall government response is going to be. Dane, did I, I'm going to hand over a mic to you and say, did I miss anything? I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, I think we want to continue to foster a relationship of transparency and communication with our NAV partners. Taking it back to the damaged structures, it really is, we have to get out and repair these structures in order to maintain the channel, in order for the channel to act how it's supposed to act. And with communication, with good communication with our partners, we'll be able to identify where those issues are so that we can respond to them appropriately and quickly. 
And that, that, is, that is really key for us, not only for our engineers to go out and identify where the damage is or where the issues are, but for our partners to be able to tell us that so we can respond and identify and go out and say, these are the most critical areas because you're telling us they are, this is what you're seeing on the river, you're out there every day. Let's keep that communication up. Let's keep this transparency up of where we want to go and how we want to do our work so that we can get the river repaired and you guys can continue to do your jobs. I have another question, but I have to commend both of you thus far. I've been listening for a lot of acronyms, which are typical of a conversation when we talk about infrastructure and the Army Corps, and you all have done great. At I'll take that far. compliment. I will take that compliment. <laughs> so uh, I want to follow, Dane, back to, you know, I appreciate that you all stressing the importance of communication. So for our members, those who live and work along the river, um, how what does communication look like in terms of if they want to keep up with repairs and, and flood control improvement progress, what's the best way for them to engage and keep up? Well, I think the easiest way is to get on our website. You can Google the Kansas City District website, and we have a navigation link on that website that goes, and it links to our Missouri River Office Facebook page, which they are posting a lot of every day about they post boat reports where boats, what boats are on the river, where they're going, what they're carrying. It also posts different surveys that we're doing, different areas of concern that we're trying to, to highlight. We also have a web map that's on this web on our website that shows where we're repairing structures, what structures have been repaired, what structures we've identified for repair. And I would follow up, Dane, is if your interest is not as technical, we also do press releases that are uh, very routine, kind of on a monthly basis, and you have the opposite side, if you have a high level of interest, uh, Dane hosts a biweekly phone call, and then we have a monthly uh, sinking meeting with the navigation industry. So depending on your level of interest, we can service that need. I think that's important to highlight. Well, sounds like you have several options <laughs> for engagement. Uh, I want to go back to studies, and I appreciate, Colonel, the way you framed the importance of studies in the context of uh, allowing for evaluation to, to change course or, or however you put it. You put it in a really good way. So obviously there are studies that are happening as a result of the 2019 flood. I'm sure there are other studies going on as well. But how how is the study process informing you as to how we can all do better and prepare more for the next flood event? It's not a matter of if, it's just when, right? So, so what does that process look like? And how are you gaining information and how is that informing decisions moving forward? Yeah, so I think the best way to respond to that question is to go, after a flood, we have an immediate response, we have recovery, and then we have what do we do next? So the response is immediate. That's the levy fight. You see that going on. And what we've been talking about a lot today is that recovery, fixing the existing structures to what they should be. And then the, the third thing is Congress can authorize us to do a relook of our authorities. And so that's called a new start study. And so what Congress allowed us to do is they, as the Congress said, we agree with your problem set. We spoke with one voice between the federal government, the states, and our stakeholders. And so we got an opportunity to study how we're responding to the floods. And in parallel, we got a study authorization to look at how we're responding to navigation. It's slow. We want to do it right. So I won't give you a fast answer. Um, but the other part that goes with it is usually people look to the federal government and go, hey, you're paying for that. In this case, when we do a study, that's not true. We pay for about two-thirds of it. Another third is paid by the local governments that partner with us. In this case, the flood study is sponsored by 
not just one state, the state of Missouri, a great partner. It's also sponsored by the state of Kansas, another great partner. Also sponsored by the state of Iowa, a third great partner. And sponsored by the state of Nebraska, a fourth great partner. There, there are not very many studies where the Corps of Engineers gets four states to come on board and say, hey, let's relook this problem. Let's put some funds at this and let's see what we can do a little bit better. And while you do that, Congress came up and they said, we don't want you to just look at flood as the one thing. By the way, look at a navigation study at the same time. And in that case, our non-federal sponsor is the Port of Kansas City, but they've brought together a great coalition on the backside that's working through the Port of Kansas City to partner with us so we don't just look at it as just flood or just navigation. Let's take a more holistic look at our problem set and go, what level of funds do we want to put at the problem sets that we can identify? So we're working through it. I think it'll be about a seven-year process. Like I said, I don't want to do it fast. I want to do it thorough. And we're at about the 18-month mark, so we're still pretty early into that process. Hopefully, I answered your question. You answered it uh, better than I teed it up for you, so I appreciate <laughs> that. Um, what, what else are you hoping to gain out of today's meeting with Navigators? So there's a couple things. One is I just want to create the form where they trust where everybody in the room trusts everybody. That's the most important thing. And so we can agree to disagree and have trust. And that's very important. But you got to be able to look somebody in the eye and go, hey, from where I sit, this is where I can help. Hey, from where I sit, this is where I need help. Hey, we can help each other or we can't. And just getting that pragmatic conversation and partnerships moving forward. That's the value of getting in a room together. It's the value of having a cup of coffee in the morning, or if you're the type of person that has a beer at night, sitting around a table and have a beer. Pick your beverage, uh, but really it's about relationships and finding out what everybody needs and meeting their needs. Um, so that's what I'm looking for, high level, and then there's some tactical, small-level stuff that we're looking for as well. I'll, I'll pass, pass the mic over to Dane to see if you got anything to add. Yeah, I would certainly say that I'm a little bit more on the tactical side when we're talking about various issues and areas of concerns that pop up on the river end. And for us, this meeting is very beneficial to really just identify those, identify where are the issue areas that the navigators are seeing, what they see as a potential fix, so that we can take that back to our team, our team of engineers, to say, okay, this is where they identified the issues. Let's go back and see how we can make this a better system based on the feedback that we heard at the meeting. And I think I'd come behind with one last piece is – the other tactical piece is we're going to have to do most of the work on the Missouri River with industry. So this is also the place where we can schedule those appointments to partner with industry to get the biggest bang for the buck on behalf of the taxpayers of America. So we're going to take this meeting, find out which contractors are interested in helping us partner and actually deliver this uh, improvements and fixes on the Missouri River and do it in a way that uh, gets the best bang for the buck for the taxpayers of America. I think that's important to say as well. Gentlemen, this has been informative. Certainly appreciate your time. And for our listeners, this is a reminder of what we do day in and day out here at Farm Bureau on your behalf. Uh, as we think about our member adopted policies, and literally our policies uh, run the gamut from agritourism to zoning and everything in between. But when you think about the core issues that Farm Bureau has been involved in through the years, uh, certainly. Uh, river management, water resource policy. These areas have been critical to, to our members and having conversations like this, uh, being able to sit down face-to-face -face with, with our leaders within the Army Corps of Engineers is really important. And I hope our listeners have enjoyed this discussion and certainly there will be more to come in the weeks and months ahead. So thank you, gentlemen. Any closing thoughts? 
On behalf of the Corps of Engineers, I just thank you for the opportunity to get uh, behind the mic and share a few thoughts. And in this case, I just want to come behind and say our beverage of the day is water. Um, but I really appreciate the time to share a few thoughts. And please, if it ever helps your listeners, uh, invite us back. We'd love to make sure that we're keeping them informed of what we're doing on the Missouri River and how we're helping the agriculture business as well as the environment and every other element that's trying to get uh, benefits out of the river. Uh, so thank you. Well, keep digging in and clear out that channel so that we can continue to promote navigation, gentlemen. Thank you very much.